Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. Hey, welcome in, everybody. I hope everything's going well for you, wherever you are, and whenever you're listening to this. This is the Sacred Echo Podcast with Pastor Patty McCoy and Pastor David Ferguson, as well as myself here, Tim Gillespie. Um, Patty, how you doing? I'll start with you this time. I'm doing great. You know, we we uh, we celebrated. I know we said this last week, but we had our, you know, we went through our anniversary. I know you guys just went through yours uh, down at Redlands, which looked awesome. Um, but we are we are doing good and trucking into fall. Nice. Nice. We had a we had a good time. We had um 1500 people worshiping with us in the morning. We had about 2000 2500 come in for the block party in the evening. The worship night was amazing. The worship night was um last last time we had David Funk there and it was the conference. Um so that was pretty incredible. This time we had uh Taylor, our new worship arts pastor and it was the first time he led us and it was it was just amazing. Our team is is incredible. And by the way, our um our video, the it's not the more than able one. It's the Holy Forever video is as I looked at it yesterday it was 915,000 views. Um wow. it's it's pretty incredible. So if you haven't seen it on YouTube, you need to go check it out. Holy Forever with um with We Cry Holy at the end. Um mm-hmm. just this beautiful throwback and it's getting some serious traction. Look at the comments. The comments are pretty amazing um, on it. There's over 200 comments of people just coming to the Lord, which is really cool. So Mm -hmm. lots of good stuff happening. And we are um, doing the podcast this week on the last sermon of our Unbroken series, which focuses in on Garden of Gethsemane. Maybe, Patty, you want to set that up for us a little bit. Yeah, I I actually said to um, you know our congregation here in Portland this last week that in a weird way this is I, I don't think one of my favorite stories is the best way to say it, but this is one of my go to stories when you're talking about mental health uh, because because this is a story where God Himself actually chose to go into this experience um, and and in a way be able to connect with us uh, in a way you know I don't I don't think was possible without having gone through it so. You know, just to just to set it up a little bit, um, you know, this is the night of Jesus's arrest, um, the betrayal and rest, and ultimately leading into the crucifixion. The, the the disciples and him, they've had the Last Supper. You know, he has shared with them the wine and the and the bread, and and talked about these things to come. I think the disciples are still struggling with it, and then they they sing a hymn on their way out to the garden of Gethsemane, which would have been a, uh, a regular place that they went to for retreat. Um, but this night was, was different. Right. And, and as you think about that, you guys, what, what, what's different about this night for the retreat for, from Jesus's perspective. Yeah. Well, he's been gearing up, right? This is all, been about this. You think about the the phrase "the lamb slain from the foundation of the world." I don't, I don't know if you've ever looked forward to something so completely, and then it arrives, and it's like, wait a minute, now I'm just filled with nerves or you know, whatever that is. But um, boy, in some kind of crazy way, it feels like that's part of what's going on for Jesus here, right? It's been we celebrate the Passion Week. 
I mean, I'm, I struggle to imagine what that would feel like for him, right? Um, as he goes through the events of that week and then into this particular moment. And now, I mean, there it's, it's go time, right? For, for this whole big thing. Do you, I, you know, clearly human beings feel those kinds of nerves <clears throat> and Jesus was fully human. I don't know what the God version of that would be, <laughs> but anticipation for sure. Um, and I think too, that, that framing of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, I'm, I'm really not sure what to do with it, but my mind, I, I love C.S. Lewis's idea that, that, that God lives across time, mm-hmm. that as, you know, in the garden, a lamb is slain, Jesus already is experiencing the cross. He's already experiencing that weekend. So, man, this is funnel down to the point kind of moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we at least for me, I, th- I think the passion of the Christ, if you guys have seen that, the Mel Gibson, you know, movie, um, you know, in, in kind of a faith tradition form for, you know, the, the Catholic Church anyway, you know, the, it is like such a look at the physical suffering that took place um, over the course of, you know, the, the uh, trial and the crucifixion. But I think spiritually and, and mentally, emotionally, what Jesus is experiencing and begins experiencing in the garden is, well, one, it's harder to, you know, portray, um, you know, in a movie. But I also think in, in some ways, what, what do you think of this statement? In some ways, more intense and more difficult than the physical suffering that he was about to experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anticipation of physical suffering is an added anxiety for mm-hmm. sure. But I think we've got a few things happening, right? Jesus is going into this moment pretty exhausted, heavy week. Um, anybody who's who's worked a hundred hour week knows like you hit you hit the end of that week, you're pretty exhausted. You're you're maybe not making better decisions than you would if um you weren't just physically exhausted. But also there's this anxiety of what's to come. And as Dave set up, like it's 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 not a small thing, right? It's the axis in which everything turns at least certainly for us in our faith tradition and so um so man you've got jesus and um knowing that there's been betrayal right understanding that knowing that um knowing what is to come and not sure how that's going to play out um yeah and and willingly put himself into the mix and the i guess the problem is this right we have a tendency to think that um we have a tendency to think that um, our. We, I think we have a tendency to think that Jesus is like a superhero, right? And one of these things for me is the way that we read the scripture. There's no time in between, right? I know we'll probably get to the text and we'll get to to that a little bit, but but we read the stories kind of so quickly that oh, it's this and it's that and and like even the the text of you know. Um, if you can take this cup from me, but your will be done. It's always like, oh, well, he just processed right through that. I wonder if there were hours in between, minutes at least. Yeah. Right. To yeah. come to that acceptance yeah. and that realization. That's big. Yeah. Well, there's pl- There's enough time for disciples to fall asleep, be woken up, fall asleep. <laughs> right. I mean, there's... Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. That and and you know, I think we we can jump to the prayer. Um, but I don't and I I don't know about you guys, but you know, in talking about suicide this past weekend, you know, this certainly came up 
for me was was just a mention. I knew we were going to lean into this story this weekend, but just a mention, you know, in in the passage where Jesus said to the disciples, "My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death." Yeah, I mean, I. I really feel like that is what's going on here. Um, you know, is that Jesus is thinking about what's going to happen uh, again, thinking, yeah, the physical pain is, is going to be intense, but being separated from the father, which, you know, to our knowledge has never happened before in all of existence. Right. And, and suffering through that, taking on the weight, seeing everything that and going through what he was going to experience. There was a moment of saying, man, I wish right now I was dead and, and didn't have to go through this. Right. And that's what this feels like to me, that that every step to the garden would have been heavier and heavier. And and one of the gospels actually say they noticed his demeanor shift. Right. Like Mm -hmm. something changed suddenly. And now he's not going for just a time of reflection, a time of sitting before God. He's going like he's getting heavier and heavier um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually as he walks to um, the garden. Yeah, there was there was a. Uh, I think I think as I was listening to to Patty, you read one of the one of the daily um, mm-hmm. readings writings. Uh, I was stricken by this same little uh, set of verses, this little portion here. But the part that was really kind of screaming out in my head was this: you know, Jesus saying, um, "Please watch with me," and they just. Don't they can't? And he has he has actually said this this thing that you're describing as being kind of confounding and a bit of a big deal and all of this. I'm sorrowful even unto death. He says that, and then they fall asleep, right? And I found myself thinking, wow, um, that is so possible for us. We we take these things so seriously after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. When when we know that somebody's life uh, nearly ended or or ended, that it's such a serious, heavy thing. But for those of us who are not the one going through the mental health crisis, I think that is the call. That's Jesus' call to us today. Please watch. Please be on the watch. Um, prayerful, attentive, awake. Be awake to the to the mental health challenges in our family in our community. Yeah. No, that's a good application of that. You know how I read it? I read it as a suicide watch. Mm-hmm. Like I need yeah. I need you to make sure that I don't do something stupid here. That's how I'm mm-hmm. feeling about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Y- you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's too much. I don't know if people are going to get like uh, you know, this is not the unapologetics podcast, so maybe I should apologize for going that far. But um, but I wonder if that's what he was saying. He was like, I'm in a bad state and I need yeah. some people around me that are going to keep me safe. Yeah. Right. Which, of but course, you, they were yeah. they were not <laughs> terrible at it. <laughs> and of course, you have those situations. I regularly will have you'll have those situations where somebody will um, will successfully take their life and, and you'll you'll have the comments, man, what? Was there a moment I should have caught, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the disciples here, I mean, my goodness. Right? <laughs> yeah, duh, right? I mean, we, huh. and, and that, I think maybe that's the tricky part, because we would all sit here kind of like, kind of like, kind of like thinking about the Garden of Eden and the, and the tree and what kind of idiots were Adam and Eve would <laughs> never have happened to me. Um, yeah, I think this is a little bit more um, painting a picture of what is 
so easily possible with all of us mm-hmm. is that the the clarity of the outcry goes unheeded and you know surely he'll be fine well yeah i mean think what they imagined was going to happen is that jesus was about to take his throne right they they were they were going to be back on top from their understanding it didn't matter how many times jesus told them that you know the the end is going to be different than you think <laughs> um you know they couldn't imagine that and so even in this moment you know, oh, sure, Jesus. Yeah, you're having a hard time. Sorry about that. But I, you, you know, you're Jesus. So I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so there's that piece of it. There's also, I actually, you know, when I was going through this, I juxtaposed it with the temptation in the wilderness. Because the, the difference in these two, right, is that Jesus went alone into the wilderness, into the garden, he brought the disciples with him. And even though they fell asleep, I think there's still maybe a little comfort in knowing that he wasn't fully alone. Um, you know, I mean, they were there. Um, they weren't there well, but they were there. Um, you know, <laughs> Does that and, make it better? <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Do you, yeah. do you ever have some moments where the, the, the physical presence, you'd think that would be really powerful. But then on the other hand, to be right there and allow disconnection. That sometimes is even more painful, it feels like. Yeah. It's two things, two things I'm thinking. Um, one is when you say is it worse, Dave, one time we were in a situation that was um that was just deeply traumatic. One of our church members uh, was losing his um had just lost his wife, uh unborn child, um, was barely hanging on. It was just the worst of all situations you can imagine. And the chaplain that walked in couldn't have been worse you know and and this guy's surrounded by like three pastors and his community like all the spiritual triaging that needs to happen is happening and this guy thinks he needs to like somehow force his way in because he's the quote-unquote chaplain and it was i mean it's it's the one time in my professional ministry career that i said to a professional colleague um you have to leave right now or something bad is about to happen to you like i need you out of this spite <laughs> this space Um, so yeah, you're right. Just being there doesn't always, it's not always the right thing. Um, and I think, I think ministry in that kind of a traumatic situation is a particular kind of spiritual gift. And I want to give all the kudos to the people who are amazing at it. Um, people who step into those spaces is incredible, but there's also one thing I was thinking about. And as I preach this sermon, cause I've, I've done it already. Um, this was a moment where I stopped and said, Hey, to the congregation, Hey, do you have someone? That is your beyond your emergency contact, right? Do you have someone that when you're in trouble, you say, mm. Hey, I need you here. Mm, and you're yeah. pretty sure that they're gonna stay awake because I'm I'm in a bad state. You know, the person that you call, the other person at the end of the line that you know will drop everything and make sure that they're there because you know, the humanity of Jesus was such that he didn't want to be alone. And yeah, I think that's yeah. a big deal. And it's a big deal for us. We need that in our lives as well, I would say. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I had uh, a social worker in my congregation who came up to me with the suicide um, conversation and said, you know, the other, the other important thing to to help those that are supporting someone struggling is is to help them realize that they are not ultimately responsible. Like they don't have to carry the weight of whether this person makes that decision or not, because that that in and of itself can yeah. can destroy someone's life. You know, and, and and that means, you know, it just means making sure you're not the only one in that with them, right? Like a whatever that 
care team and and people look like um you know that needs to be a a shared experience um you know and and look i think the the devil's role in all of this right if if it's the devil's role to seek kill and destroy is to continue to make jesus feel like he is all alone that no one you know or any of us feel that way right no one knows what it's like to experience this now maybe in jesus's case that actually was true <laughs> Um, you know, as far as like, no one else knows the full weight of what you're going through on, especially on the divine, like separation level. Um, but you know, it's just continuing to kind of this, this narrative that you are alone in this world and no one is there to help you. Um, you know, and we know what that, what this journey ultimately does with Jesus. I think it, is it Mark, uh, the gospel of Mark is the one that says that Jesus actually sweat drops of blood. Yeah. Um, you know, which we know is is actually a condition where um, you know, you can have so great of anxiety that out of your pores comes comes blood. Um and, and it's just a it's an exclamation mark on how intense this was for Jesus. Right. Which which does bring us to that phrase, right? It brings us to that phrase where he says, I'd rather not. Yeah. He says to God, um, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Like I, is there a way that I don't have to do this? Mm-hmm. Which is a real question, right? Yeah. And and this is where I get to the to the frustration of of a text message versus a conversation, <laughs> right? If mm-hmm. I can put it in that in that frame, um, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Period. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. In fact, there's not even new quotes in the New Living Translation, right? It's just yeah. one complete thought. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that's how that conversation went down. Mm. Mm. I think there had to be time, yeah. right? Because it takes us time to get from, I really don't want to do this, to the resolve of, but I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. Yeah. I, I hope that the humanity of Jesus allowed for that processing because I know that I need it. There's things I do not want to do. And it sometimes doesn't take me seconds or minutes or hours. Sometimes it takes me weeks to get to that point. I'll just admit that real honestly. Um, and and so I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by this grammatical trans translation. Because surrendering, well, is... surrendering is hard, right? Sur- yeah. Surrendering is is really, really difficult. And that that's why I've always seen this night as, as, you know, so significant because it's really where the decision gets made, you know, for him to follow through. I mean, yeah, he goes on and, and goes through the physical suffering, but he made that choice. But I think you're right on, Tim. I, I don't think this was a quick, you know, yeah, all right, well, I'd like this not to happen. But, you know, if it's going <laughs> to. You know, yeah, I, I think much yeah, more of us struggle. Yeah. I'm not sure how legitimate it is to see Christ's Gethsemane experience actually concluding. Because um, there, there are hints of it on the cross, too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's fascinating to consider as uh, Christ is risen now. <laughs> and he's in the he's he's in this garden and disciples are still wildly confused and Mary discovers him thinks he's a gardener grabs onto him and Jesus says don't don't you know don't hold me back i know i got it going by calling your name but don't don't hold me back 
I, I haven't been to my father yet. And I, I've, I think there's a lot to plumb right there. Right. Um, that he, it's all still feeling a bit up in the air to him until, yeah. yeah you know, and, and so I don't think it's like this tidy little thing that happens in the garden and okay, now let's brush off some blood that's dried and here we go. Um, no, that's but rather Dave, that's you know, when good. he says, when he says no. to, to, um, to Peter, Peter, would you have me not drink the cup? Mm. He's still, <laughs> he's still wishing maybe there were, you know what I mean? But oh, right. if there were a way, right? I don't, I really don't think that, that, it, even, that just kind of he, terminates. Even, even he says this and then he goes and tells them like, I need you to stay awake. I got to still right. go, for, like he's still processing yeah, now he's like annoyed there's still at them. something hanging yeah. in the balance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The way the way it has always been approached, the way it's always been taught to me is you just got to give it up to God, just like Jesus did. And there you go. Yeah. And like it is clearly not that simple. It is clearly yeah. not that not that easy. And Jesus, even though he said it, I mean, then he says, For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He's like, listen, I've made the decision, but I'm not there yet. That's yep. what I think that phrase means. It doesn't yep. mean it doesn't mean, you know, I I hope I'm strong enough to do it. I think it means like I <laughs> I I guess I made this decision, but man, I'm still not there with my whole heart and soul yet. Right, or even just uh, uh, this is my decision, but the question that made me have to decide something is still hanging around. Mhm. Yep. 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 For sure. Yeah. And and I think, you know, again, I, I often come to that passage in, in Hebrews with this when it talks about Jesus as our high priest and how he's been he's been tempted in every way like we are, yet you know, he resisted or and whatnot. I actually think he was tempted way worse. Because even in this yeah. moment, I mean he could have tapped into his divinity. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And, and he could have gotten out of this. He, it, you know, one of one of the gospels says, you know, if it's well, even in Matthew, if it is possible, he knows all things are possible with God, but he's having to even convince himself in this moment, right? Is, is he's having to tell himself like, okay, yes, I know it's, I know it's possible and I'd rather not. And can we do something else? And, um, you know, and, and yet he could have tapped into his divinity and he, and he continued to resist throughout this whole experience. There is a pendulum swing back and forth in the narrative between Jesus' clear awareness that everything here that happens is because I'm deciding it will happen. And, <laughs> mm. uh, what, what if, right? I mean, uh, you think about his conversation with Pilate, um, you know, you, you're do, do what you're doing, but it's only cause you're, you've gotten permission. Uh, you didn't ask for <laughs> yeah, it's, right. a, this is not yours to do. Um, which is an interesting thing to then kind of think for a second about the experience of the Father, the Spirit, whatever, however that works, the Spirit of God, who is on the other side of this conversation. Uh And I don't know, as fathers, (laughs) Hmm. um, if that's even a suitable metaphor in this circumstance, but to to be um, hearing the outcry, and man, it'd be so hard not to want to pull the plug. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, that in, in fact, as you were talking, I was reminded about, I have had that 
imagery before of, you know, like the angels wanting to come to Jesus's aid. Right. And, and God, the father saying, no, no. I mean, I, I want to as bad as you do, but, but not now, not in this moment, how difficult and hard that would be. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's hard to watch somebody go through something that you can't, you can't fix. Yeah, you wonder what kind of conversations in the in the Trinity occurred in the ramp up um, for a God who lives across time, right? Yeah. <laughs> of, of what what they know it feels like, um, and the commitment that it takes to do this for us. Yeah, um, you know, I uh, when you know, again, I, I, I hit on this, you know, some of these things at the start of this series, um, where, you know, I, sometimes when I pray and I don't know what you guys imagine when you pray. Um, but you know, I often imagine that I'm, I'm talking to Jesus and, and there are times when I look into his face, but often more often than not, I, I'm actually holding his hand and I'm, I'm rubbing his scar. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's a it's a reminder of everything that he's done for me um but it's also a reminder that whatever i'm feeling and whatever i'm going through like he actually knows you know he's he's been through the anxiety i struggle with jesus has been through it 10 times worse the depression the 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 separation the loneliness like he's actually endured that and those scars are reminders of that to me um, and that's actually, it's, it's a comfort to me because, you know, we're, we're told that that's going to be something that he carries with him through eternity, um, mm. you know, as those scars as, as those kinds of reminders. And so when we're in our mental health struggle, when we are, we're struggling with these things, Jesus is someone I think we can go to and, and be in his presence and just let him hold us and say, I know, I know I'm with you. I'm with you in this don't give up. I'm with you in this, you know, and, and this story to me, like I said, that's, that's why this is one of those go-to stories for me. Um, because I see Jesus struggling and going through it and he did it for all of us. Mm. You know, we, as we were going through this last, uh, weekend's teaching, um, around suicide and, you know, Psalm 88 was going through my mind a couple of psalms that 88 being one of i think two where there's not a single positive thing that's said in psalm 88 (laughs) and it ends with this declaration that my best friend is darkness the end right (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and um just thinking about what it is in the midst of that kind of anguish what it is that allows you to hold on and you know we've had conversations before probably where we talk about whether or not jesus could actually even see through all of that to a to a resurrection day as close as it is in the calendar um and that's the question right um can you feel resurrection in your story right um and it doesn't mean the pain just goes away, does it? Or the mm. the anxiety, the frustration just goes away. But that mm. somehow amidst that, the resurrection 
the story that Jesus has for us um, is alive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I found myself wanting to say to those who were listening this last Saturday that, hey, resurrection for you might even be just making it through to waking up tomorrow. And it doesn't mean everything's fixed and the pain is gone, but that something that you that gives you that that somehow there is something worth hanging on and staying through. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I I leaned into that restoration resurrection theme too this weekend. Um, you know, and I'm actually glad Dave you you brought up that idea of the, you know, whether or not Jesus could see through to resurrection day because that was something that I don't I don't know about you guys, but when I read this when I was younger, this story, I kind of always had this thought of, well, yeah, but, you know, this would be hard to go through. But Jesus knew, right, what was going to happen. And he had talked to the disciples about this. And he said, yeah, OK, so it's three days. For three days, things are going to be really, really awful. And then it's all going to be better. Right. And so I was like, well, yeah, you, you can endure anything if you know it's short term. But we understand that's not how it felt for Jesus in this moment that, you know, he, he had thought that this separation from the father would be eternal. Like once he finally got to this night in this moment and going through Thursday night and Friday, you know, like in the timeline, you know, of, of the crucifixion, he thought, man, this darkness is so thick and so real. This is actually what, how it's going to be for me. This is my end. Um, you know, and, and Sunday resurrection, that wasn't something he could see. And, and again, um, you know, in the mental health struggle, that that's exactly how it feels, you know, is that how you feel in the moment is going to be your forever. Um, I actually shared, I think the Psalm 139, um, where, you know, David says, you know, even the darkness, I go into the darkness to hide from you, but I can't, you know, even, even there you're, you're with me and darkness is as light to you. Um, you know, where can I go from your yeah. presence? Where can I flee? Um, you are there. You're wherever I go, even if it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you start combining some of these notions, right? And and do the math on it. I, you know, you were talking about the scars of Christ. I, I've come to a place where I, I think that's just for us. That's just, that's a reminder to us. I don't think Jesus yeah. has a day. He requires the reminder of those physical scars. Of course, it fits with C.S. Lewis's living across time that he is right now experiencing the cross for us is a crazy, almost heart-crushing possibility. But even if all all you had was this, that um, a perfect God has perfect feelings and a perfect memory, well, he doesn't he doesn't need a reminder of those moments. He He's in it, right? It is not being asleep for three days, that is the sacrifice of the cross. Um, that might be the merciful part, right? It, it's, it's that crushing weight of what he took for us so that we don't have to. Um, hopefully, hopefully for somebody who's listening right now and is going through, especially if shame is any part of your story, um, that you can feel what Jesus did in his um, 
his it just so deep love for us to actually say no please let go of that please let go of that because i'm i have already taken it um and fully played that out in my life so you don't have to yeah 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 any any you know as as we think about that that's a good you know dave you've you've started to i think kind of turn us into that you know space of what what we want the listeners this week especially to hear and, and to receive from the teaching i mean we've hit on some things what it's like to be present for someone going through difficult times and we've we've talked about the divine stepping into our human struggle and experience in ways that are it's almost hard to fathom really um and you know how you know, wh- what jesus took on for us continues to take on for us what are, what are some of those other you know we we obviously you know we don't want to leave people in the garden <laughs> as as thick and heavy as it is we we you know we're always wanting to be those yeah, dispensers I think of hope one so of the things i would say is that the we, we example from of this story praying in the story to that is clear that it's right not now, like a one and done maybe feeling some of these same feelings. right he prayed for hours even came to a resolution and continued to pray, trying to come to grips with that revo- resolution, right? With with his resolve, um, prayers prayer is something that is ongoing, and it doesn't. It often feels like it's not going out of your house, right? But the reality of prayer is that we continue and we keep we keep going on, and. Sometimes it's not continued till the resolution, it's continued through the resolution. And I think we see that in Jesus saying, I I just I can't do what's coming up without a significant amount of prayer. Right. And Martin Luther used to say that. He used to say, I have so much to do today. If I don't pray for three hours, I won't get it all done. Right, which falls falls in the in the way of we don't think that way, but um, but th- that always struck me from the story, and it has struck me this week as well. The prayer is a struggle; yeah. you can't rush it, you can't microwave it. You got to go through it, and um, and demand. Sometimes you demand answers, right? I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, I'm so glad you brought up prayer too in this because that's that's so true. And I think, you know, there are times in in the height I think of the the struggle mentally that you don't you don't know what to pray. And I I think the other thing Jesus shows here is is that what was the there was a prayer that's kind of the structure of what he says a little bit, right? And it's the prayer he taught the disciples. Um, you know, as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will right. be done, right? You know, is it, he's kind of beckoning back to this this prayer, maybe because in the moment he doesn't know what else to pray or what else to say, and and he's holding on to those words that <laughs> have guided in the past, and I and I think that's important because yeah, sometimes we think there's a formula to this prayer thing to get what we want. Clearly, that's not the way it is. Um, but I but Jesus does lean on this structured prayer um that he taught us to pray and i think that's i think that's meaningful too but yeah thanks for bringing up <laughs> there's, prayer that's there's huge. so many right you yeah. can only do so much I any other takeaways you know for for us to think about and wrestle with it's there's so <laughs> many it's and and we have yeah we have really touched on you know several you know in the in the course of this thing and and um in our conversation so i guess 
you know, for me, I just say, you know, if you're, if you're struggling again, I know that we all, you know, all of our places, we've had resources during the week for people to tap into. Um, you know, we, we leaned in heavily to the 988 resource for someone who's struggling with thoughts of suicide. Um, you know, uh, get reaching out to get help. It's so important. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, our, our communities are places where people can mm-hmm. feel, I think, Tim, you're the one that says this, that, you know, that we want communities that are the safest places to take risks, yeah, the safest places sure. to ask questions and the safest places to be vulnerable. And, and that's, you know, of anything we hope in the series, that's what people take away from. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just kind of stitching this last week and this week together a little bit. I, you know, that I love that in the story of first uh, Kings 19 right. and Elijah's story, um, there's, there is a multidisciplinary approach that God takes <laughs> to uh, Elijah's health. And he doesn't start with the spiritual, interestingly, right? It's relational with touch. It's food and water, the physical. It's uh, asking questions and not responding, really, um, where you're actually listening and kind of the psychological and emotional. But there is that that capstone of um, the invitation um, to come out and see God. Um, I, I, I think... A glimpse, just a glimpse of God is hope and hope feel, filling. And that kind of doubles down on Tim's comment around prayer. It's that um that piece of 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 um being able to actually even entertain the notion that what's going on right here so personally is not the whole of the story. And um there is something to hang on to. God is real, and he is writing our story with us, and uh, he can see the parts that we cannot, and it includes absolute healing and recovery, whatever we can actually see journeying with us today. through this and putting this together. I think it was a really, it was obviously a meaningful um, series, and it's something that we need to visit again um, in the years coming because we certainly didn't fix all the problems and we want to continue to make sure that people know that um, our communities are safe places to engage in this conversation but um, I also want to I also want to just um, just let anyone know who's out there um, the church is the beginning resource and we're happy to help connect you with with further help um, and we'll pray with you and walk with you through it and also knowing our our limitations and our understanding of everything that's going on. Um, but but it's a great place to start yeah. and we're here for you and so grateful for you all uh, being a part of a community. And, you know, um, some of our communities are big and that creates anxiety. Some are small, that creates anxiety. Um, but, but hopefully we can journey through all of this together um, 
Dave and Patty, thank you guys so much for um, listening to the Sacred Echo as we preach through these things. I'm always anxious to listen to your um, your sermons as you preach on these things as well. So make sure that um, for our listeners that you're not just listening to the Sacred Echo, but you're also listening to the uploaded sermons from Portland and from Chattanooga. And we have the opportunity to um, really hear a 360 kind of voice on these things and the different takes that uh, God has given each one of us for our communities and for other communities communities as well. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com slash give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.